This is Eon Karras, and you're listening to Love, Sex, and the Hidden Agenda. This podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. This is a special episode brought to you by Raji Kabli of House of Raji and Wholehearted Media, where she had me on her show to talk about the Dalai Lama incident. Let's dive in. Greetings, wholehearted friends. How are you? It's me, Raji. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you. Today, we are going to deep dive into a story that had me feeling pretty disgusted and disturbed when I first saw it. I waited a little bit to talk about the Dalai Lama story because I wanted to see um, how my perspective may shift. So I waited about a week. But when the video first came out, like the imagery of the Dalai Lama kissing a little boy and sticking his tongue out was like burned into my brain. And I literally could not sleep that night. But before I go any further, here is what factually happened uh, in case you're like, what the heck is she talking about? So on April 9th, a video surfaced of the Dalai Lama having a physical interaction with a young boy that sparked worldwide reaction. This incident actually happened back in February at a event in Dharmashala, India, where His Holiness lives in permanent exile. Uh, in the video, we see the young boy approaching the Dalai Lama before asking him, can I have a hug? The 87-year-old spiritual leader then invites him closer and points to his cheek and says, first here, prompting the boy to give him a hug and a kiss on the cheek. The Dalai Lama then points to his lips and says, then I think here also. He then pulls the boy's chin and kisses him on the mouth and suck my tongue, he says after a few seconds, sticking his tongue out. The Dalai Lama is also a Nobel Peace Prize winner and someone who has millions, millions of followers revering him. He apologized for his words with a statement from his office that said, His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family as well as his many friends across the world for the hurt his words may have caused. His Holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public and before cameras. He regrets the incident. I find it super fascinating that... He was sorry for his words, but not so much the actions. The video of the incident went viral on social media, with many people criticizing the Dalai Lama's actions, calling it inappropriate, scandalous, and disgusting. This story sparked a large cultural conversation that I am completely fascinated by. You know, what's happening with the East and the West, I think, from a meta perspective, both sides can learn a lot from each other. So that's why I'm like, yes, this is a very interesting conversation. Now, according to the Institute of East Asian Studies at the University of California, sticking out one's tongue is a sign of respect or agreement in traditional Tibetan culture. I really needed to talk about this story like big time and what it means 
mostly because it feels like this moment of gravity this is if it feels like a game-changing moment for humanity and its relationship with power authority um boundaries uh, spirituality and like coming into your own sovereignty what 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 does that mean you know and are we fostering a culture where anything goes and if so what are the consequences of that now to discuss this story with me is my friend Eon Karras. She's a leading transformational speaker, business consultant, and master mystic with nearly 30 years of experience. Eon has presented keynote speeches and led panel discussions at conferences around the world and has been featured in publications like LA Times, Wired Magazine, uh, Praga TV, Fate to Black, and numerous podcasts and radio shows. She's served on the board of the Coincidence Project, whose mission is to illuminate the invisible currents that connect us all. Now, the Dalai Lama incident opened the door to a, a much bigger conversation that needs to be had regarding abuse that takes place in the spiritual community and the defiling of innocence. This is not an easy conversation for me by any stretch, zero. And you're witnessing me sitting fully in my uncomfortable zone. Thank you. <laughs> What I'm trying my best to do is hold a container, a sacred container for some healing and understanding to take place. And just like when I and just like when I lead a yoga class, I say, hey, everyone, let us, all of us, drop all of our expectations on what we're about to do. Drop your expectations of yourself, drop expectations of me, of my guest, this um, platform of your fellow peers. And let's go in, in this unknown together. Okay. My intention is to open the conversation and just shine more light on the corners and crevices of the collective human healing that has the potential to be happening right now. All right. So with that said, enjoy this conversation with Eon and myself, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you. Because I know you lived in India and you have a lot of experience um, in, you know, with learning and studying and being with teachers and spiritual masters and, and these types of um, people. The first thing that struck me was the crowd's reaction. Uh, there was laughter and and things like this where that reaction did not happen across the internet or the rest of the world. So I guess let's start there. Um, is there something in the culture that you learned or saw that would have sp spoken to that type of reaction? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what struck me. I kept rewinding just to hear the clapping. And I was like, wow, I get it because I could feel like I was there in the crowd. So I worked alongside some big gurus um, in India and I was appalled at what I saw. I find that, well, what I was understanding when I watched that was like, wow, these people are being so entranced in this moment. They're being so conditioned 
Mm -hmm. This is funny and cute and Mm -hmm. silly Mm -hmm. and innocent. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're so ingrained with the belief that this is a holy man who can do no wrong. Like that's really the basis from which they're listening. So it doesn't matter what he does. They're going to see it in that lens. And I'm sure there's people animately supporting him with that same narrative, including his administration who said, oh, so sorry for the language we, we used or whatever, and not mentioning like what he actually did and what happened. Right. And it made, yeah, all day, I, I watched it this morning. And so, you know, it's midday now and I've been reeling on it. And like, <laughs> it's brought up so much in my own life and in all my clients who I've worked with, who've had sexual abuse in their life. And, you know, as adults dealing with this, and I, I kept thinking about the child. Wait, wait, wait sex, sexual abuse in the, uh, in, in a religious and a spiritual um, yeah. instance? From uh, authority. From, from authority, authority that you have entrusted, whether it was in your family or in your church or your place of worship, or in this case, like a guru scenario. So, yeah. I honestly haven't found, I mean, I don't want to say this because I, but it's the truth. It's like, I haven't been in an organization of spiritual leaders that doesn't have this in the core of the organization. So it's disturbed. It's very disturbing. And, you know, we, we see this with the Pope and, you know, the Catholic church finally being called out for all the pedophilia that was happening with the altar children. Yeah. And in India, it's just as rampant, if not more. And I worked with a lot of different gurus and masters there. I was a business partner with them. I was not a follower. I was not a devotee. I was never in that position. I wasn't in a position to think that they did no wrong. And what was also weird is I was backstage with them and got privy to a lot of the conversations. Mm. One of the gurus I worked with, um, he just always called people idiots and he would literally just slap them. So it was a physical abuse, right? Mm. And I, the first time I saw it, I gasped and was like, what are you doing? You know, I called him out on it yeah. right there. Like, whoa. What, what's going on? What are you doing? And he's like, he's a fool, you know, he should shut up. And I, I just took a step back and, you know, there was maybe 10 people there and the woman who got, it was a woman who got slapped and she's a friend of mine. And we all are colleagues. Like we all work as therapists in the same group and meditate with these gurus. And I said to her, are you okay? And she, she was very angry, but then someone else came to her and said, no, he's like, you know, slapping the past life out of you. Like he's taking away. Yeah. This is, this was the excuse. He's taking away the karma of your past life. You must've done something wrong to him in a past life. And then I started getting curious about that. And I was asking anyone who got slapped by him because mind you, I saw many people get slapped Yeah, and I asked, and they were under this belief. I was talking with the guru backstage one morning at breakfast. It was just him and I. And I said, wow, so you you think it's your job to slap people? Like, what are you doing here? Like in the US, this is called physical assault and you would probably be put in jail. And I was joking with him. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, let me tell you something. These people are so stupid 
They're so easily manipulated. He said, I focus on the part of India's population that are like lower middle class. He's like, these are the most manipulative, manipulatable, <laughs> is that a word? Uh, easily manipulated people in India because they've just come into money. They're uneducated, but they're educated enough. Okay. So they can write. right. Um, and he told me directly that he only focuses on them because it makes up the largest population in India for voting power. And he had a political agenda. And he had a political agenda. Okay, two things are coming up for me. Uh, the first one is uh, Indian culture. So I got slapped when I was a kid. And I'm sure I'm not the only Indian person out there that got slapped. Uh, I wonder if it's something within the culture that makes it okay. The other thing that is coming up for me is, is this the way that spiritual leadership is supposed to be played out? I thought there would be a level of compassion, love, care, as opposed to physical abuse. And the fact that he blatantly said uh, he it's all for a political uh, agenda that needs to be played out. That really bothers me because it's it's so far away from what these people um, are interesting in him, which is a beautiful uh, thing called spirit and innocence. And 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 that part really bothers me. So how did you deal with that reaction with him? I was shocked. I was kind of in dis, you know, sometimes you get the truth in your face and you just can't believe it. It was like, yeah. did he really say that? Because it was just him and I, there was nobody else there. I, and then I was just kind of like tracking it, keeping tabs on it. Like, is this a cultural thing, right? I'm the only foreigner working inside yeah. the organization like that. Like, obviously it's not my culture. Um, he was always saying, oh, cause you're American, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, he has since died and was put in jail right before he died. So he did, it did come to a head at some point, but he had millions of followers. Um, wow. And, yeah, I mean, he was one time I was on stage leading a meditation. When I came off stage, he grabs me by the arm very forcefully and he said, Stop freeing them. Stop freeing them. And I said, Excuse me, what? Isn't that the point? We're here to liberate the souls. And he said, No, we need them to um, follow us. And I said, No, that's not why I'm here. I'm, I thought we're here to liberate souls not right. enslave them and right. I was like you're the one like a lot of his languaging was like be your own guru so he was saying don't wow. follow me don't worship me but then when I was actually teaching people how to be sovereign and how to hold their energy to not be um you know under some sort of manipulation he yeah. got so angry and they like literally grabbed my arm really strongly and told me that. And I just looked at him like, don't touch me. Yeah. And he like, oh, but I was like, hmm, that was really fascinating. Needless to say, my work with them did not end well. <laughs> it's like you're you're saying this on stage 
and then behind closed doors, you literally you're siphoning people's energy and and their life force um, while you're manipulating them. And massive. so, yeah, mass hypnosis, mass hypnosis. And you and I have talked at length about uh, something that bothers both of us, and that's the perversion of spirits and, you know, distorting the innocence um, that the devotee has to really finding the truth. And it's a, such a genuine seeking and and to manipulate and distort that really, really gets, it gets, it gets under my skin. Um, but I want to go back to the Dalai Lama real quick. He's known for being a jokester. He's known for, you know, cracking jokes all the time. And, yeah. but that, I, I don't think, and that they said that in the statement, he apologized, you know, for what happened. And it was, uh, it was a joke as a joker he's going to play on that right jokers are some of the wisest people mm -hmm. they're using joke and laughter to um you know change the point of attention right yeah. so if he does it playfully and laughs you you're being conditioned in that moment to laugh at that action right um and well, and so oh let me suck this child's tongue or have him suck my tongue and then let's laugh about it. And if I'm laughing and I'm the Dalai Lama and I'm holier than thou, yeah. well, suddenly that's an innocent, laughable thing. Right. It makes it okay and appropriate, which reminds me of your guy saying they're such idiots and they need to be manipulated and, and all these things, or it's so easy to manipulate them. I mean, that's one way, that's one way of looking at it. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the the rise and fall, mostly the fall um, of false gurus and teachers that we have seen, that we're seeing um, right now. And the last few years, I would say, so what do you think about that? <laughs> do we need it? Do you think like now everyone's talking about the, the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama? Do we need a Dalai Lama? Do we need a Pope? Do we need these... Um, heads these heads of the spiritual uh world apparently i personally i don't think so i mean i have been liberating people that's what i do in my meditations and i believe you know my school's called know the self because to me it's about self-governance and and self-actualization and allowing yourself to direct we we know we all come from spirit we have spiritual nature inside us. We yeah. need teachers uh, often who've done it and been there before us to guide the way. But I think it's like, it's not a one-stop shop, right? Like you work, teachers come in and out of our lives. Like you don't go to school yeah. and have the same teacher from kindergarten to your PhD. Like you have many, many teachers and mentors and people who come in and teach you different pieces of, of your path and help you you know, reflect back to you who you are and what your knowledge is and what you're here to do. And yeah. those that style of mentorship is missing in a modern context. And so I think we're seeking it. And that's how people end up with these gurus and sort of like devotees of them, like really handing over all their power. Yes. And someone who's that accomplished, I mean, 
as you awaken to your powers, your spiritual powers, your cities, and you start realizing the mysteries of life, with that comes power. How you wield that power is going to be different based on your internal makeup and, and, and your lineage and what you came here to create. And I think we're finally seeing like, why are we giving so many people power? We all have power, like, you know, and it's not power that is corrupt in itself because power is not corrupt. It it's, it's revealing, you know, what's underneath. Mm-hmm. So if you're a corrupt person, or if you have a perversion, or if you have a tendency to, you know, one way or the other, your shadow is going to get exposed when you start using your power. And Boom. so shadow is getting exposed. That was one of the first thoughts that came up for me um, when I saw this video uh, with the Dalai Lama. And it points to the direction that I think humanity is going, which is a good one. In my in my eyes, in my view, we are heading down a very good path, a path that has compassion, love, care, uh, empathy, and regard and respect for one another. And things like this happen, I think, to uh, open people's eyes. And it's hard and it sucks. And there's going to be a lot of angry people as more and more children are being saved like we just heard an, another batch of children being saved in Australia in in a pedophilic ring and I think the whole pedophilia um topic and you know topic is such a it's it's such a hard one for a lot of people to to swallow because you know, a lot of us have children. A lot of us, our aunts, uncles, we were children who were abused too, right? So it brings up so much, especially in the Indian culture too. There is so much quiet um, sexual abuse that goes on, which I'm, I'm hoping that it, you know, that also gets rectified and, and more light put on it too. Hmm. Yeah. That's the point. And that, that's why this is so pervasive. Nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room, which is pedophilia and incest and how pervasive it is. I've been a therapist for like 20 years. I've worked with thousands of people. I would say a huge percentage of them, if not all, like I won't say all because I'm sure there's the one or two that will come up and say, not me, right? But In my work with them, it has been revealed that they have all had sexual abuse of some sort that was the reason why they became a spiritual seeker or they started to awaken to things or they are having a healing crisis or a spiritual crisis or an emotional crisis. This was buried there and it was such a toxic shame that it was running their lives secretly until... They either meditated long enough, got slow, you know, slowed down long enough or trusted someone deep enough to start expose that wound to heal it. Because if you, if you're pretending it doesn't exist and it didn't happen to you and, and maybe it didn't, maybe you did have a great family, but the fact is, is that this has been going on. We were in, we were in war times, right? Like it happened in my mother's family. I grew up knowing it happened to my mother. It happened in my family. It's happened in every kid I knew it was happening to them at some level. Like it's just pervasive and no one wants to talk about it. 
Yeah. And so you see something like this, the image, even the imagery, I think that's why I'm like, I have to do a story on this. It was like burned in my brain with his tongue sticking out. And yeah. I, I really got so cringy inside the way that he grabbed the kid and like kind of held him. Yeah. And like my body had a, a physical re reaction to it. I think that we're finally realizing, you know, it's, it's a catalyst for everyone's healing. Like, I'm so happy that it's finally on the news. Like, look, the holiest, holy, like he also has a shadow and we finally see it. Um, yes. And it's not just those of us who were, grew up with it and had the perverted uncle and the perverted, this people, right? Cause I Her think friend, everyone, has, yeah. everyone has that one person that they have in their family yeah. or that was a friend of the families that they, they don't know someone who was a little bit strange at some who you point just felt creepy family. around yeah who you just didn't like and I'm speaking from experience here and there's a danger when you wake up to um like a flip side which is like you then think everyone's a pervert right and you just start wanting to call out everyone or if you've got the icky feeling from the uncle like maybe yeah. he's not a pedophile right like yeah he could just have you know gotten excited or turned on at the wrong moment and it was just a vibe right You're saying don't jump to conclusions don't it's dangerous right like yeah. I think there's women who are so angry and rightly so um but this is happening to to men and boys as well from female abusers just yeah. as much and you know just as much and i think women really need to realize that it's not just the men yeah. um and secondly like it's not about accusing and all of that it's about healing yourself and finding how to get your innocence back like i think that we're needing to return to our innocence and so much of the world you know we've we've gone so far at kind of perverting everything right there's nothing left that's holy right um it feels like that it, it can feel very hopeless at times like we need to protect innocence in the sense of like you as an individual need to understand where your values are where your what's right and wrong in your eyes and define them very clearly very and clear. keep very strong boundary yeah. of what's right and wrong in your inner circle. Because yeah. what's happening is like, it's like anything goes now, everything's okay. Like there's, there's no more, like people are confused about their own values. It's like they're, they're being forced to accept things. Like if the Dalai Lama does that, well, I guess it's okay. So if I see this other person doing that same act and before I used to be grossed out, now I'm being conditioned that that's normal. So yeah. now I'm just going to like laugh at it. Like mm -hmm. it's a game. Mm -hmm. This is what the conditioning does. This is called grooming. Mm -hmm. And there is a very, um, disgusting underbelly of the world that feeds on child pornography and pedophilia and stealing innocence they it's a life force I mean it's in every ancient culture it's always been there yeah it's very much there now and we need to it, it's up to us to to choose where the line is and say no because we're adults now so if you're listening to this you have the right, like you have the power inside you now to change something.
Yes, you have the power now to change something and remember that you have value and you have worth and you don't have to um, follow the guru or, or somebody outside of yourself that you think is smarter, wiser, better than you. Personally, Ian, I think that the era of putting people on pedestals and this hierarchical sort of chain of command communication there's a middleman to god or spirit or the universe or something no no i'm sorry and i'm gonna get a little uh animated right now because no there is a there is a teacher inside of you there is a guru inside of you that is worthy of being listened to and followed that is just waiting so patiently and lovingly for you to come back to yourself. So if this happened, if this, dis- what did I say? I was disgusted and um, I was disgusted and, oh, look, I'm not the thing. I'm not that feeling it. What was it? Disturbed. Disturbed. Well, I'm, I, that's interesting. I, I see it helps when you talk about it because I'm not as disturbed anymore because if this all happened for people to say, you know what? No. And say yes to this inside. Okay, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I'm so curious. Like, I had to sit there and think like, okay, this is things that go on in India all the time. This one just happened to be videotaped and put on CNN or whatever, right? The amount of times this happens in Eastern countries, it's just consistent like I mean even you go to Brazil or Italy or something they kiss their kids on the lips even when they're older like that was not okay in my family yeah um there are certain things that are normal for some people and acceptable and innocent you know you know for them and perverted for someone else I think we're at a tipping point we're at an evolutionary point I I'm happy it's come to the public's attention because it's something that's disturbed me my whole life and I finally get a chance to speak about it publicly mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um without having to like point fingers or like you know before you're crazy or you're lying or you're some you know something like that or you make it up or you're having to go to court I mean this is just like okay is it innocent is, is that the only time he's done that was it just an old man, totally senile, like playing with a kid and just suddenly went there? Like, could it be? But why suck the tongue? No, I know. It's disgusting. But it's what, totally what? disgusting, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I know. Like, I know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but it's disgusting. Like, it's like he's a grown ass man, but maybe he's never had sex before. Like, did he always grow up in the temple and he still plays like a five-year-old? What is like, it? You know, what is his name? I don't know him. I met him once, but I don't know it. I read one of his books back when I was uh, like 21 or something. And I was like, okay, wow, the Dalai Lama. Like, and in my mind, I was like, this is a person that is like, has a lot of status, wisdom, amazingness. We should all try to be like this person. But as I got older, like, you know, it's like, no. And it's cool to have mentors. I feel like I don't want to give give people the wrong uh, impression when I say, you know, like, forget all of the, all of them. But what you said, like, teachers are important. They are absolutely important. 
um, and having mentorship is so, one of the most honorable uh, and awesome relationships that could happen when they are healthy and um, serve and time. purpose. And when it's, yeah, when it's the right time. And it should be for a time. And for a time, yeah. Every every mentor I've had, I've outgrown. Yeah. Everybody I've been, like, who's been my mentee, yeah. also, they've outgrown me. Like, yeah. you just, it's just part of the process. You're a teacher for a period of time. How, maybe it's uh, months, maybe it's years, maybe it's a decade, but then it ends. And then it and ends. you have another teacher. Yeah. So I think in spiritual, in religious thought, it's like this faith thing and, and this giving away and giving over and laying down your own senses. Yeah. And it be like getting all of your answers from someone outside yourself. It's never a good thing. Uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for sharing everything that you did with us about your life, about your profession and who you work with and how you work with them. Okay, welcome back. How do you feel now? Just take a second and just like gauge where you're at in emotional, from an emotional standpoint. Uh, remember, I, I always say, that emotions are wonderful guides and terrible masters. And part of the new wholehearted media is I'm going to constantly be asking, how does this make you feel? Just as a mere check-in with yourself. It's very important as more and more stories come out and we start to move even more quickly through cycles. It's going to be imperative to become conscious and aware of what is arising for you just in case it's coming up because it wants to be integrated or healed. Okay. So, so that was a big conversation that Eon and I had. It actually went to places I had no intention or idea it was going to go towards. I'm extremely grateful it went to the places of trying to understand cultural implications. I'm very grateful that it opened the conversation to helping us see and hear about what happens behind closed doors in spiritual communities. You know, I've heard of these stories and, you know, I've read about them, but I've never... I've never experienced them myself. And also to like, just to hear her experience. And to be honest with you, I have quite a few friends in my life that have had very similar experiences to Eon. So I think the next appropriate or thing that we should do is uh, talk about it in a, in a, in a open, respectful, and just healing manner. So I'm going to invite anyone that was touched by anything that they felt, heard, or saw in this segment to a uh, open and private Zoom call. Private meaning I'm, it's not live. Um, we could close the doors after a certain time if we want to. It may get posted, it may not get posted, but that's not the intention. The intention is just to forward this topic and conversation because I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that there's a lot of people out there that 
were just as deeply affected as Eon was and countless other people and myself included, you know, and I've, I feel like personally, I've come to more of a peaceful stance within myself. I don't necessarily feel the same level of intensity of the disgust and disturbed that I felt last week. But I think that's because I processed a lot of it by talking about it to multiple people. And I guess that's what would be good to have on the call with all of us or whoever wants to show up. As we keep talking about it, perhaps we can transmute some of these uh, really charged emotions that are coming up and find more um, peace, understanding, and acceptance within ourselves. This is not about this is not about the Dalai Lama anymore. And like I mentioned in the segment, I don't think I think the era of putting people on pedestals, um, whether even in Hollywood, you know, I think that time is sort of over. And it's going to be a little crunchy. It's going to be a little awkward, you know, to get fully through it. So be it, you know, like, it's okay, we're, we're here for each other. All in the name of the individual coming into full power and understanding of their true essence. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop there. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you got something out of this. Follow us on our brand new channel that's censorship free. Yay. Uh, at unite.live. The link is somewhere in the description or in the bio. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for watching. I'm Raji and I'll see you next time. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.